So hello and welcome to The Therapeutic Traveller. So uh, this is a spontaneous recording because I'm sat with my friend Lino and we just started talking about uh, vegetarianism and veganism and I thought it was quite an interesting subject and he's just shared a story with me about um, eating ant soup. Uh, ant porridge, sorry, <laughs> ant porridge. So uh, and and the um, what we were saying, like about about not refusing someone's kind offer of food, basically, even yeah. if it isn't quite in line with our with our normal diet. So um, yeah, I thought that was a very good place to start. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to continue the conversation, really, but record it because it's so it's such a good conversation. So where were we? Um, so yeah, just talking about how we yeah don't refuse any food if we are um if we are offered it, um but also about what were you saying about how about why you are vegetarian you know the um the kindness of it and why it's not nice yeah. to force other people to be vegetarian. I think, I think it's not a question of belief. Mm. Uh, it's just a question of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I think the ethical problems comes not from what you believe, but from what you feel. Mm. I just feel that I don't like cruelty. And I feel that no, we don't need to kill animals to, to survive. Yeah. And I love animals and yeah. that's all. Yes. And, but also I feel you don't have to become angry with people who don't feel like you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because everyone has the right to to live at his level of consciousness and uh, everyone has the right to be loved uh, yeah. uh, uh, the way he is i mean and so if someone offers you kindly something which you don't appreciate it could be a worse violence to refuse it yeah. than to accept it yes even if you don't like to 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 eat animals, yeah, that's all. Yeah, because um, the the kind of concept of nonviolence is a is a huge yeah. thing in most spiritual beliefs. I think generally, yeah. Um, yeah, and it is in a sense violent to force other people to do things that they don't want to do effectively. Yeah. And that's why I was saying I don't really like the. Um, the, the term vegan, even though it encompasses how what my mm-hmm. diet and your diet generally is, mm-hmm. it has a lot of negative connotations and people think that you're going to judge them or mm-hmm. force them to eat the way that you do. So I quite like it in India when they call you pure veg. Because yeah. in India they have most most people are veg. You have some people that eat non-veg, which is yeah. meat. Um, but then if you don't eat eggs as well, they call you pure veg, which I think yeah. is so nice. It's so much yeah. nicer than vegan. Uh, yeah. It doesn't include dairy, but then you can just say, oh, I don't eat, I don't eat milk or curd either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really nice. Um, but yeah, and on another topic, so we were actually at um, an Ayurvedic hospital at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yesterday we were chatting about some of the differences between Ayurveda and modern medicine um, and about how people don't accept them both together Um, because I've not really come across Ayurveda that much until now so have you had any more experiences different experiences with Ayurveda like when did you first discover it well uh, I discovered that when the the Western medicine made a diagnosis to my uncle Uh saying that I was going to stay in a uh, Chair will, and there was no remedy to that. Yeah. Then I discovered a Tibetan um, uh, physician, Tibetan doctor, mm. who told me simply Western medicine uh, cannot see in a 
holistic way the person so uh, you just see the uncle and the problem of the uncle and if you have a remedy for that you think there is no remedy at all mm. and I believe Tibetan medicine Chinese medicine uh, Ayurvedic medicine have an ability uh, to, to look at people in a more holistic way. So a problem with the ankle, with the bones, or with the cartilago, tendons, yeah. or whatever, can be caused by a problem of digestion or something else. Yeah. So you have to heal the whole body, the mm. whole person, mm. uh, both physically and mentally, mm -hmm. and then see, and then to look a solution for that. And this is a basic principle, as much as I know, I'm not a doctor, mm. It's a basic principle of all ancient holistic medicine, yeah. which consider the person as a unity and not consider a fractorial yeah. and, and, mm, yeah. side of it. And yeah. I think that makes sense. That's probably something that, that modern medicine should really take on board. And I think to yeah. some extent, some people are, but then there is a disconnect. It's like there is a logical thinking that people think, well, how on earth can the stomach be responsible for ankle pain but actually if you delve a bit deeper you realize that well you are yeah. what you eat you know you, we eat for a reason we eat to help regenerate yeah. our body yeah. and if we're not eating effectively and we are in we've injured ourselves or we're damaged ourselves yeah. even repeatedly like i know you said yeah. you have with your ankle then we're not going to be able to repair it in the yeah. way that we want yeah. to even if the actual area is okay and i know some cases of of yeah. people having ankles um amputated because they have yeah. chronic pain in their ankle they can't yeah. get rid of it yeah but it's not the ankle that's the problem and no, actually the pain is it. still there even that's if the they, symptom yeah it's a you, symptom you are yeah. just working with the symptom yeah. and this is the problem of western medicine yeah. that it works more with the symptom than with a, an accurate in a investigation or what could be the real cause for mm. that yeah that's true yeah and sometimes it's it's not even a physical cause sometimes it can be a psychological cause mm. because they are interconnected so it, um, the the problem of western medicine is that it still is still a very materialistic uh, approach sci to science an approach which doesn't consider the personality as a whole yeah? and consider only the body and maybe only a, a part of the body mm. in itself without considering the interrelationship between all of them yeah the interdependence mm. and knowing understanding the interdependence is a more holistic spiritual approach i think that western medicine is going in that direction mm. now, now today but still it's on the first steps yeah and and and, and a more scientific meta mentality would consider to 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 put the all this point of view together and i think this is the way we have to proceed if we want to be really scientific but unfortunately Today, the scientific research is much at the service of who is financially paying for that, yeah. which is the multinational companies uh, of the pharmacy and medical 
so there is a business behind that mm. and so that prejudicates the opening of minds doesn't help to go in this direction it causes more narrow so i think there is a fight in this moment yeah. between real scientific person mm. who are open to a more holistic view and those who are simply servant dependent from the economy and the great business which is behind that yeah. and because i think it would take a lot of complicated long-winded science to prove the holistic side of things because it is so complex yeah. it's not a simple does this drug work or not it's yeah. like how does the stomach connect to the brain to yeah, connect to the it's, body it's like yeah. it's very complex and yeah. but but in a sense you know to make it valid in a, in a way we do need to prove it somewhat with science because otherwise people won't accept it for a start you know and, and it's and i mean i think health professionals have a responsibility anyway to make sure their things are evidence-based but we were talking yesterday about the sort of the lack of explanation that some that some uh, alternative medical doctors tend to give because they have their own explanations but they can't seem to explain it to people or mm. i don't know if it's too complex to explain or it's a different level of consciousness altogether yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but yeah. so in a way how do we translate it's like two different languages how do we translate what the doctor here knows to make it make sense to people that are like normal-minded people you know the most of the world yeah. in order for people to get more on board with that and people to find the yeah. benefits of it as well because yeah. sometimes and I, I've realized this because I'm very resistant to things that I don't understand and to an extent you almost just have to surrender to it and, and accept things yeah. and just try it and yeah. see if it works you surrender know? is a way but still uh, there is the possibility to understand much more if you study this medicine um, I was astonished when I knew that in the ancient Chinese medicine, the doctor was paid uh, not to make the patient get an illness. If the patient was uh, getting sick, the doctor was considered to be a not a good doctor wow. because he should have seen that before the oh sickness my... was coming out. Well, of course. And, and should yeah. have understood the, rem the remedy before. Uh, and uh, when, it, when the sickness is already there, it's already late. Yeah. For in the, in the, that means that the doctor who is following you was not understanding it properly, yeah. that you were going to... The, he should have advised at least you. If you go on on this way, you will become sick mm. because yeah. of this, this and this. Yeah. And, and so the doctor must should really re, be something more than the doctor should be also some, in some way a, a, a psychologist also yeah, yeah. and, a, a, and a, a something who has to do in the educational field yes. and it should help you to prevent prevention is more better than, than cure yeah. yes that's it it is and, and that is the the conception more holistic that I think if we want to have a more scientific approach we have to go again in that direction mm, yeah and we know so many things that I mean prevent preventative medicine is is I want to say I mean it's certainly gaining importance whether it's not if it's not gaining um, mm -hmm. Practical, like, uh, practical application just yet but you know we know that smoking causes uh, many different diseases yeah, and heart attack yeah. and, and eating poorly and no exercise and yet there are some uh, places and uh, in fact a lot most countries are yeah. very poor in that you know there isn't I don't think there's any place that's 
to on top when it comes to preventative medicine. There's certain people that, that take their health very seriously, but most people either don't know or don't care or don't think it'll happen to them or, you know, and they'll just, they want to enjoy their life. I actually once um, came across a lady who said she she said I'd rather die than stop eating Chinese takeaway. I was like, sorry, um, yeah, that just makes no sense because <laughs> you know it. I think it's it actually comes down to the mental side of it and that attachment to food and to pleasure and to desires and things. You know, we're addicted to these things that we know are bad for us, but because we're we're in that sort of pleasure pain cycle, we can't seem to stop ourselves from having the sugary chai and the the, the takeaway food so um maybe like it all comes down to the mind even even our you know our lifestyle and stuff if we change the way that we perceive things the way that we control our desires and our wants then um yeah that'll help whoa just come to a cool realization (laughs) okay um Nice. Okay. So one last topic of conversation I wanted to cover was, um, you've been traveling for a long time, right? So, um, and you've, when was the first time you came to India? 86. In 1986. Amazing. And 85, really. 85. I went back in 86. Okay. So I'm assuming it's changed quite a lot since then. And travel in general has probably changed quite a lot. Maybe yeah. the reasons that you travel, the, the methods, obviously technology has become huge yeah. now to make it a lot easier. But do you think it was better to travel back in the day, in the 80s, the 90s, when technology wasn't there? Or do you feel it's better to travel now? Or no, no, it is much better to travel now. Okay. Technology helps you a lot in traveling. Mm. But what is the real difference is... According to the reason why you are traveling, I was traveling not just for the pleasure of traveling. It was not so much pleasant for me to travel in India. In India, uh-huh. I and, and and I was sick many times and I was passing through many difficulties. But uh, the problem was not the journey or the adventure in itself. The problem is that I decided to come to India just because I was on my spiritual research and I was uh, looking after answers. And at that time, still there were great saints in India. Nowadays, it's much more difficult to find them. It's more easy to find disciples of them uh, who are not at the same level of their teachers. And I don't know why, but at that time, there were still alive here in India many great souls and you had the possibility to live with them and to speak with them as an ordinary person and and that was touching a lot mm-hmm. so uh, the the to me uh, my motivation was that mm-hmm. and from that point of view was much better in 86 or even in the 70s because in these years you could see a completely different India where devotion was very strong. Rishikesh was a completely different place. Now everybody goes to Rishikesh, mm. but it's a mess. Um, it's a chaos. Yeah. Uh, in '86, when I was to, to Rishikesh for the first time, uh, it was so beautiful to see all these devotees coming, singing, and all the the temples singing with them. And there was such an atmosphere in the air, and real sadhus and yogis were still there, and you could be in contact with them. And the energy of the place, it, you could breathe it, wow. and was affecting you very much. 
now it's very difficult mm. it's a business yeah. it's oh, everything is a business and Indian people too are much more in the business than before and so the energy is very different yeah. even if traveling is much more easy yes yeah well that's what i was thinking because obviously it's easier now but yeah, i think it's easier. more corrupted in a sense you know it's not as simple as it was it's not no, you go to find no. a simple answer and you you see a completely different culture and you know there's all social media there's you know you can see the place before you go to it so yeah. you don't get to have that first impression no. that now it's very easy to have to to travel yeah. it's very yeah. easy everybody can do exactly that. exactly and then that corrupts it to an extent because everybody not everyone that's traveling is going with those pure intentions they're not going to find the answer that's going to help make them a, feel a better person or something. Ah, but it's also good if you go to india just for tourism or just yeah, for pleasure yeah, yeah. i don't have nothing against that no it's a different motivation yes. and anyone i respect the motivation of anybody but uh, i am still very happy to go through india and i'm very happy to have a mobile and and to do to, to can see the places before and can organize the trip better and to know and corruption it was also there at that time mm. it's not in a different way in a different way <laughs> yeah. yeah and sometimes could be even worse because you mm. you could you had less means of defending yourself nowadays if you are you can defend yourself mm. better mm. maybe from that in some in some ways no yeah. from that but uh, the real uh, worst thing is that mentality of people has changed. Yeah. When I came in India the first time, there was only one television in all Rishikesh, in only one bar, in open air, and there was, there was only one channel oh in black and white. And in the evening, when they were doing a film, everybody, 200, 300 people were around there <laughs> to see only this, this only one film that you could see in wow. black and white. And there was, uh, I remember there was a story of a man who was, um, uh, who, who had a lover. And so uh, that was not fair to his wife. And people were very much scandalized about it. Oh my God, he's having a lover. Oh, that's, that's terrible. And poor woman and poor him because it's bad karma for yeah. that and all of that. Yeah. And that was beautiful to see the innocence of these people. Yeah. And only a few years later, television was everywhere and you could see people coming back from the Himalayas uh, on, a, on a, uh, a, a terrible booth all open without windows. But there was television, <laughs> loudly and Western movies with violent sex and everything. Oh. And these sadhus coming from the Himalayas looking at that horrified oh my gosh. And, and i was feeling terrible what are we doing to these people yeah we're destroying a culture of uh, centuries of millenaria mm. uh, uh, what for yeah just to make more publicity and, and to convince them uh, that our products and our culture is better than theirs. Yeah, and so maybe a lack of understanding of how yeah. incredible the culture is and how spiritual yeah. and, and things. But in a, in a way, yeah. even from my point of view, I've not seen India um, until yeah. now, actually. I've only just come uh, this year, well, last year, actually. So um, 
it still has very much of its culture. You still see that. And so what I can I can only imagine how different it was when you yeah. first arrived here to to in, you yeah, know to Italy. Yeah. You know, it it's, must have been an incredible difference because even now, you know, all the other countries I've been to have much more Western influence yeah. than here. Um, even though you still see it here, the culture is still very much there's a lot of traditional values and traditional cultures here but yeah. so i hope that they do keep hold of that for as long as possible i hope hope the west does not corrupt them too much or too quickly yeah. or yeah. or anything but yeah and the too quickly was worse than too much yeah. because they didn't have the anticorps for all of them yeah. and so you could see really that was that was something very bad going on yeah. in these years it was very sad to see yeah. all of that now maybe they start reacting and developing also more um, uh, discernment. Um, uh, some, some, but most of them are under the effect of the imitation mm. and of publicity mm. and all of that. So I, did, I don't know if it, if it was worse for India, the, the English uh, uh, domination, uh, or if it is worse the Western domination, economical domination now. Yeah. Because for sure, when Gandhi was fighting for independence, he couldn't believe that India was going in this direction. The dependence of India from Western countries is much more worse now than before. Because before, they were still reacting and finding their own identity. Now they have lost their identity and they are losing that completely. And they are looking for a new identity, which is, which is, which is not what I appreciate. No, it's not, not what it used to be. And what is to me and what is really helpful to them. Yeah, yeah. But you were saying yesterday there is still some of those places around, you know, there's ashrams, there's some there are amazing, some, but yeah, very few. Very few. So very like few people. Real devotees in India, yeah. real yogis mm. are very few uh, uh, nowadays. Most of them is just uh, a formal and, and, and traditional habit, but uh, most of them are corrupted by Western mentality. Mm. Most of them I look only after money, and that's the point. Do you think it's possible to take some, not necessarily to take back. but to look well to learn yeah to go back but also to spread the, the the spirituality of india around the world and therefore maybe uh, reducing the corruption that comes to india because the rest of the world is a little bit more spiritual so we'll just take a short break here because we were interrupted in our conversation um, and then we will resume for the last couple of minutes of the podcast very very shortly i just wanted to remind you if you do want to give me any feedback about the podcast, then it would be very, very much appreciated. Just instant message me on Instagram, uh, direct message me on Instagram. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, everybody's opinions are very much valued. So I would look forward to hearing what you have to say, uh, what you think about the podcast, what you would like the podcast to potentially develop into and you know what you want to know about really any travel questions anything about traveling well traveling sustainably anything you like really so that would be that would be greatly appreciated okay let's return back to the interview so i just asked if um you think that um the 
spirituality of India can be translated into the West and then maybe if the West becomes more spiritual and more mindful and uh, generally better, um, that it might not corrupt India quite as much? Do you think that's possible maybe? I see it very difficult. Okay. <laughs> it's like infiltrating a whole I culture. I think more, it can be more an individual work ah. more than a collective work. Yes. I mean that uh, if there is someone who is really in, in search of his real self or of God, which for Indian is the same thing, uh, and is coming here, there is still the possibility of learning a lot about that. Because India is a very ancient, beautiful teaching on the way of living correctly. Huh? Mm. The Indian teachings, the Indian Dharma, the, the, the teachings of the great saints of India uh, since the ages is still alive. And we still have the possibility, if you, if you are really in search of it, of it, have the possibility to learn a lot from India. And individually, we can make a change, because it's not a question of ideology, it's not a question of convincing others about something, it's a question of changing ourselves and finding a more aware way of living ourselves. And then, if you become an example, of how you can be more happy in your life, finding a different style of life, more ethical and more full of love and, and, and understanding. Uh, that can be for sure, that can affect other people also. Because everyone who has, a, who, has, who has a transformation in himself will affect other people. But not as an ideology, not as a different belief or a different philosophy but as something which can really provoke a deep, irreversible change in people. And when you really have this experience and you, and you, you, you know that this is possible, then you have also, you necessarily, even if you don't do anything, even if you don't speak at all, you will have a good effect on other people. Amazing. That's amazing. I think that's a beautiful point to leave it on. So thank you very much for chatting with me, Lena. I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. So say goodbye. Thank you very <laughs> Bye. much. Thank you. Wow, that was a really fascinating conversation. So I just thought I'd add a little extra. Um, as I we finished the recording then and continued the philosophical conversation and um, Lino mentioned that he was actually a philosophy teacher, which makes so much sense because so much of what he said was so profound and made so much sense to uh, to me. Um, even though I'm not really that familiar with much of philosophy, so I asked him for some advice on on teachers to to read, and um, he did say one thing about uh, philosophers, which I thought was interesting, was that some people can say. The philosophical teachings but they don't live their life by them and if that's the case then how do we know that they are necessarily um, practical to live by if no one's done it by example or if the teacher hasn't done it by example so um, it made me think and translate it a little bit into what I'm planning on doing when I go home to teach um, I really need to embody those teachings you know I think and, and I do struggle with that. I think most of my excitement about yoga and meditation is all the theory. It's like, oh, but this, the benefits are here. It works like this. And, and meditation is good for this and that and this. But if you don't do it yourself and if you don't really experience it, first of all, it's harder to teach. But also it's harder to prove to your patients that it does work. Um, 
you know? So I think that's something that I've definitely learned from that conversation among many other things. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that. So thank you very much for listening. Um, if you don't already, follow me on Instagram at therapeutic underscore traveller um, and keep in touch with the podcasts. Thank you. Bye.